Okay, so tonight we're going to learn Rav Schwab on Parshas Mishpatim. On Perak Chaf Aleph, Pasuk Tesvav, through Yud Zayin. And we have three consecutive Sukkim that are very, very interesting. And I wrote them on the board just so you get a, a clearer vision of what's going on in the Torah this week. The first Pasuk says, Umake if you hit your father or your mother, you get put to death. That's Pasuk number one. Pasuk number two, if you kidnap a person, you steal a man and you sell him, and now he's found in your hands, you get killed for that. And the third Pasuk, if you curse, again, you person curses their father and their mother, they get put to death. And the obvious question is what? You see anything strange about these three consecutive sukkim? Right. What's that? What's the middle pasuk doing there? There's obviously, you know, something going on here in this pasuk because it doesn't seem to. These psukim don't seem to be in the proper order. Masha Hifsik Hakosov says of Schwab, Bain Makin Lamakalo, Bikra Shalvaguna Vagainev Ish. He says, Ain Laimar Mishum Shemake Bechanek. Don't tell me the reason is because if you hit your father, you get Chanek. Umakalo Beskila, Dummy de Gainev Nefesh, similar to Gainev Nefesh, which is also Beskila, meaning so maybe we wanted to lump. The two skilas together, shem ken yaktim mekalal gainim nefesh. That doesn't really answer the question because then it should have flipped it, right? We should have put first mekalal, uh, which is beskila, and then the gainiv ish, which is also beskila. But at least let's get the father and the mother psukim together out of the way, and then we'll go to the gainiv ish mecharei. So why is this pasuk of gainiv ish mecharei sandwiched? in between two psukim that are so similar that there should be no reason for anything to be wedged between them. Makyavavimai and Makalavavimai are, those are sister psukim. All of a sudden you're, you're putting in between this some foreign object about Gainiv Ish umacharit. Venira. So Schwab says a very beautiful pshat. I think it's famous from him. And if it's not, then it should be. I used to say things are famous because for me, I, was, I grew up with a lot of this tire, so it's famous. And, and uh, once a Talmud came to me and says, Rabbi, don't say that it's famous anymore because every time you say something is famous, if I don't know it, I start getting Khalish Zadas that I should have known and I don't know it and I'm an Amarit. So please don't say that anymore. And he's right. But sometimes I say it's famous not to make you depressed, but to make you remember it so that you also will perpetuate the famous Tyra. Uh, that's out there. But this happens to be a very, very fundamental Yisrael. And he says like this, It's a pellet. When we're learning these psukim, it should make us wonder how a person could have such a, a precipitous fall person's a child, you grow up in your house, your parents are taking care of all your needs, they give you a roof over your head, and they feed you, and they, uh, 
you know, give you uh, everything that you need, and they pay for your tuition. All of a sudden, one fine day, a person goes and starts hitting his parents, cursing his parents. Like, how did such a thing happen? What was the, what was the trajectory that could cause such a person to go, you know, from Igra Ramla Bira Mikta, from such a high high peak and, and to fall so far to be in a matzav that you're hitting and cursing one's parents. Amnam kvar tirtzu chazal. Chazal give us a hint how such a thing could happen. Gemara in Kedushin Laminam Nalev. Adi yodech al tzavare debrech. As long as your hand is on the shoulder, the neck of your son, Meaning that when you're still in full control, when, you're in, uh, when, you're, when your son is under your clear authority, there are years in a, in a, in a, in a person's life that parents have um, authority over them. And you raise them. Your hand is, is figuratively on their neck. You're in control of them. You're paying for them. You're, you're feeding them. You're sheltering them. And you're trying to be madrachem, be them. And that's, that's a time that you could give your son uh, guidance and, and do what you want with him, basically, in order to be madrachem. Shetadrach levanecha calls man sheyadcha tekifalav. As long as your hand is, is powerful over him, the year that that ends is either 22 years old, some say 24 years old. So we're basically, not me, but everyone in this room, I think, is younger than that age. So a parent is still able to, um, to use some uh, um, persuasion and, and force against, uh, against a child to, to guide him and to prod him in the right direction. After that age, Rashi says, he won't be Makabir Techo. Once he breaks out of 22, 24, now he's his own man. He doesn't want to hear so much anymore from his parents. He wants to do it on his own. After that age, a parent has no right to suppress a son to put a son underneath their jurisdiction, to boss a son around, to force their way with a child. And let's say you do. Let's say a parent does impose very strict rules on a child that's beyond the age of So what happens then? That's like a person having a slave, like the parents have basically enslaved a child. And they're making him perform labor for them. And they are putting in him, they're infusing in him fear and trepidation. What happens if a parent does that? If a parent has a child, and the child is beyond the age of chinuch, beyond the age of hadracha. Now the child should be a mature adult. He's old enough to get married. He's old enough to fight in, in, in the U.S. Army. He's old enough to, you know, to get a job and to be gainful. And, and you're still imposing your way with a child? He says, if you do that, and you're still making him scared of you, and you're not allowing him to mature... 
Shari Ainlay La Ben Cheris, you're not, I'm sorry, Oz Nechshav Kilo Gunvai Nefesh Misrael. Cesar of Schwab, this is tantamount to kidnapping. Why is it like kidnapping? How am I kidnapping my own child by doing so? Shari Ainlay La Ben Cheris. A child, you're not giving the kid any, any independence. You're not giving the kid any freedom. He's always afraid of you. He's always under your control. And there's a point in a child's life that he needs to spread his wings. He needs to be on his own. He needs to be mature. He needs to sometimes, you know, leave the house. Or even if he's staying in the house, the parent has to be able to not mutter him every single day. Where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you going? Leave him alone. He's, a, he's, an, he's an adult. You've got to let him be mature. And when you're not allowing him to be mature... When you, when you keep on pushing him down and, and making him your slave, that's like you're kidnapping him. That's gaynev ish umachara. It's the same thing. Because that's really what you're doing. You're basically taking this, this poor child and you're not allowing him to have freedom. That's what kidnapping is. Kidnapping is that I'm limiting your liberties. I'm, I'm, I'm suppressing you. I'm keeping you imprisoned. And I'm doing, that's what parents are doing. It, it's psychological prison. He might have his own car, but like he comes home and I'm still badgering him about, you know, clean your room and no, 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 what are you doing? Like, you know, it's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an adult now. I've seen this many, many times in my life, many times. Sometimes it's on Bidim Yeshiva, sometimes with people that I know in, in communities. There, there are people that are literally Rahman and Litzlan in their late 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, and beyond, that the parents... Do not let them get married. They don't give them the, the confidence that they are mature enough to do anything on their own. And the kids are literally, they're just, they're just, uh, you know, they're, they're so um, neurotic and so stressed and so um, just, they're, they're, they're like infants. The parents have never released them. The parents have never freed them from this, from childhood. There's a, chi- there's a time for childhood, and child- children need parents. You know, when you're a child, you need a parent, and parents should be parents, and parents should be sometimes you know, strict and you know, keeping to schedules and making sure the kids brush their teeth and they do their homework and they, and they don't go, and there's a curfew sometimes, and, you know, and that's, that's very important to be a parent. You have to be a parent. If you're not a parent, then it's Hefker. It's Hefkerus, but there's a point, there's a gavol, that you have to like transition, okay, your child is no longer a child anymore. He's, he's 24, 25, 26 years old. Like, Laman Hashem, like, allow him to get married. Allow him to, allow him to leave the house when he wants and come back when he wants. Allow her to, to, to get married. Allow her to have a family. Allow her to, no, you know, she's not ready. She's this, that. It happens very, very often. I know all too many cases that this happens. And Rav Schwab says, this is nothing short of Gainev Isha Machare. This is what you're doing. You're, you're kidnapping this child. It's your own child, but you're kidnapping him. You're, you're imprisoning him. And you know what happens to, to, to parents who do this to a child? Very often, a child will rebel. Because no child wants to stay a child forever. And so if a parent does this to a child, if a parent locks a child up 
and doesn't allow them to, to go away from home and to, and to spread their wings and to grow and to mature, the child is so angry at the parent that ultimately it could lead, Rahman al-Atzlan, to cursing a parent and to hitting a parent because a child deep down inside wants to no longer be a child. There's a point that he wants to break free of that. You always want to have a good relationship with your parents. You know, there's not a day that goes by that I, I, I don't call my mother when my father's alive, call my father every day, text message, you know, every day, sometimes multiple times a day. You have to be a good, and I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s. So, you know, it never ends. This is, not, this is not saying that you should break free and never. Obviously, you always keep a, a, a parent-child relationship going. That's, that's critical. But a parent must allow the, the child to, 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 you know, to mature and to leave and to say, okay, you're on your own. I'm going to let you fly now. And when you do that, that's a, that's a healthy child, a healthy relationship, and the child now can go get married, get a job, be employed, be, be a part of a community, and, and he feels good. But when you clamp down on a child and, and make sure that he doesn't ever mature and he's not able to be an adult, this will breed an angry child, a child that will sometimes hit and curse a parent, Rahman al-Sun. And this is what the remez is in this pasuk, v'gaynev ish, bein makel l'makalo. Why is v'gaynev ish sandwiched between these two psukim, says Rav Shkav, very pashat. Because the motivation for a child to hit a parent and, and to curse a parent is shepa'am she'lohayri shepa'am she'zu ya'asibu l'makel l'makalo. Sometimes it happens. Rav Shkav is not saying every time. There is cases that you know, ch- children can hit parents and curse the parents even uh, when they're teenagers. But very often when this does happen, it's because if you trace the roots, it might be because there was a kidnap, um, you know, there was a, a kidnapping situation here. V'yafsha ben chayev misa, and it's true, the son is chayev misa. Like you might say, okay, so then why is he chayev misa? Like it's not his fault. Kids are rachmanis, why, why, are you, why are you punishing him? The kid is chayev misa, but if you trace the cause, why did the child do this? What, what made him possessed? What possessed him to, uh, to hit and to curse a parent? Because the, the parent refused to listen to the advice of the Torah. The Torah is saying that you can't kidnap a child. You have to let a child fly. And there comes a point, it's hard, because sometimes a parent you know, doesn't see it like that. The parent sees the child as still being his child or her child, and, and, they, you know, and they continue um, to act like, a, you know, to, to treat them like babies. But that is a terrible, terrible thing. I wanted to add... One thing to, to Schwab's beautiful pshat. If you notice in the pasuk, in the middle pasuk, where it says v'gaynev ish machara, you sell, uh, you you steal a person, and you plan on selling him and he's found in your hand. And this pasuk is the pasuk that Rav Schwab is using to teach us about this really bad parenting. Um, phenomenon that you become a payer, you never let your child grow up. You're kidnapping. 
What's the what is if that's the if that's what the middle pasuk is teaching us? So I wanted to say that the words v'nimtza biyaday is very significant. V'nimtza biyaday means and we find him in your hand. He's found in your hand. He found in the par- in the in the kidnapper's hand. That's where the that's where the the hostage is found. And I think that maybe these two words explain the rationale of a parent who does this. What's the rationale of a parent that does it? Why would he do this? Or she do this? Because the psychology is that they think that since my son is nimtza biyadi, he's under my roof, he's taking food from my fridge, He's, uh, you know, taking showers twice a day, and he's taking my, uh, you know, he, he's, he's borrowing my shaver, he's borrowing my car, he's living off of me. He's nimtza, so, so therefore, I have a shlita over him, meaning they justify it. Like, he still is a child. He never, you know, if he wants to be an adult, let him get a job, move out of the house, pay his own rent, pay his own way, buy his own car, and then, you know, and then I'll treat him like an adult. But if he's nimtza biyadi, if he's, if he's under my roof, if he's living by me, and he's still in his own room with his bed, with his uh, you know, with his Lego block still at twenty five years old, you know, then, then it's nimsa biyada. I'm allowed to. I'm still his parent. If he, as long as he's a, he's still under my roof, he's he's nimsa biyada. He's he. I'm an, I'm allowed to to control him. I'm allowed to to call the shots over him. He's not. He is under my roof. He is nimsa biyada. That's the justification that twisted parents have. When they are um, they are suppressing their children's ability to grow and to thrive, they look at a child like that. It's mine. This is my child. He's still under my roof, so I can control him. He was, when he was a baby, he was under my roof, and he's still under my roof. He's still nimtza biyadi, so so I could still call the shots. I could still tell him what he has to do, what he can't do, and that. And that's a very big problem. I want to share with you. Um, an excerpt from a sefer that Rav Shlomo Volbi wrote. Anyone know the, the famous sefer that Rav Shlomo Volbi wrote, the most famous? He wrote a sefer called Alei Shur. Alei Shur is a modern classic. Um, but he wrote another sefer. That's a two-volume sefer, Alei Shur. He wrote another sefer, and the sefer is called, and it's very popular, it's called Zriya Ubinyan Bechinuch. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was translated into English. Um, the loose translation is planting and building in Chinuch. It's, a, it's basically a manual for how to raise a, ch- a healthy, normal child. And it was written by this great Balmusser of Shlemavalbi. And he writes there on page Chavches, and this is what he writes Yesh Bahir Mikulkalim, there are with messed up parents, parents that are really not. You know, acting properly, there is like a feeling of desire that they want to control the child. They want to re- rule and reign supreme over the child. This is much what I said. The child is in my rishos. Child is mine. He's, he's, he's under my roof. He's my rishos. He's my child. So I have the ability to rule over him unconditionally, un, un, without any boundaries, without any borders. I can control everything about him because he's mine. 
my child. He's in my house. He's under my roof. Rayim B'yelad, or Volbi says, they see in this child chefza, like an object. I have a car, I have a, I have a, a radio, and I have a mix master, and I, have a, I have a, and I have a child. My child is also mine. It's an object. It's like an object like any other object that I own. Shashayachli, it's mine. V'tafkidai ba'elamai, and what is this child's purpose in the world? Lahavi ta'elas lahayim. One thing and one thing only, just for me. The child is all, it's all about me. There's very, there's, there are many people, they're narcissists. And everything that they have, everything is, everything is about them. V'nimtza biyadai. He's found in your hand. That's why you thought it was okay. You thought that it's all about you. You thought, well, he's mine. He's my He's He's found by me. He's eating my food. He's 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 my child. I I am his parent. I have to. And this gets out of control. There's also. And this, that's enough. But basically, this is a very, very important thing. It's important for parents to hear this. And, um, and, and even though you're not parents, but you could bookmark this, and you, or you could listen to it someday on, you know, online or something, if there is going to be an online when you're parents of this age child. Um, there might be chips in all of our brains by then or something. But, um, but this is something that's important for a parent to know that you cannot, and it's good for me to, to remind myself of it, that children are not my possession. You have to treat a child maturely, and you have to treat them like an adult, and, they have to, and you have to have a good, warm, strong relationship. Rav Schwab has a, another famous, you know, you say that, um, that by the Pasuk that says, by Yesed, that Pare appointed him la'av, l'chol Mitzrayim. He was the father of all Egypt. What does that mean? So if you look in Rashi, he says, Le Pitroin Ulochaver. He was a uh, the patron and the friend. Anyway, whatever it is, but Rav Schwab says that you see from this that the definition of a father who wants to act in the perfect way with a child is that he's a patron, meaning he he supplies uh, food and he supplies money and he, he and he's also a chaver, he's a friend. He's, there's a warmth between a parent and a child. It's not supposed to be a relationship of a, of a master and a slave. It has to be a warm, close, positive, growth-oriented relationship. It's very, very important. So for a parent here, this is vital. You have to let your child go. You have to allow your child to breathe. You can't scold him and criticize him at a certain age. I don't know if it's still 22, 24, it might be younger today because children mature much quicker and you know, they expect to have more independence. Whatever that age is, I don't know. But there comes a point that you have to let a little bit loose. You have to loosen the leash a little bit. And, but it's also important at your age, when you're at this point as children, of parents and you know, of parents that have to be transitioning at this point, to understand how important this is, that there are healthy relationships with parents, and then there are non-healthy relationships with parents. If you're in a healthy relationship with your parent, then you're the luckiest guy in the world. 
you need a parent, you should never fight with a parent, you should never have, you know, and, and parents and children often do disagree, and that's okay, that's, that's very natural. You know, parents want their children to, you know, get a job right away, children want to stay in learning a little bit more, they want to shun a bet in Israel, and they want to stay in Lander after they graduate, and parents don't want that, they want to, that, 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 that's common, that's very natural. And you have to figure out a way to do it, you know, and do it in a nice way. And, you know, even if you disagree, you disagree with respect and, and mutual uh, understanding. And hopefully you'll get your way. And if you don't get your way, then, then they're the parent, you're the child, and that's okay. But if you see that there is a relationship with a parent that's not healthy, and you see that it's like sort of this hostage situation that Rav Schwab is talking about, and you see that your parents are like, as, and it happens, and I've dealt with many guys in yeshiva, many, many guys in, in yeshiva over the years, that, you know, whose parents don't, they don't let the kid go. They always make the child feel that they're not ready, uh, you know, to get married, and they're not ready to, you know, to, uh, to move out of the house, and they're not ready to have, uh, you know, to go away, and to, to go on vacation, to go, whatever it is, everything is micromanaged. And if you feel that that's what is developing, you have to, you know, you have to understand the importance that, firstly, you have to realize that's not a healthy relationship. That's not, don't think that that's normal. And then, you know, you have to go to a Rebbe or somebody that, you know, a professional, and you have to, you have to, you have, it's an issue. You have to deal with it, because if you don't deal with it, it will remain a hostage situation for, for many, many, many years of your life. And you will never be able to have a functional, normal, healthy life, which you deserve. Parents are allowed to have their say. They could advise you if they want, you know, and, you know, they could tell you, I don't know if you're ready to get married. That doesn't mean that they're hostage. Maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe you're talking not ready to get married. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you need help with, uh, with this, that, or the other thing. Maybe they, but, you know, but they have to start allowing you to grow and to become a butterfly and, and, not, and not remain as a, as, a, uh, as a worm or a caterpillar your, the rest of your life. And this is, a, you know, this is something that it's very, very important, and hopefully it's not negated to anybody in the room, but if you feel that it is, you have to understand that that's not normal. And... Whatever the solution is, that's not for that's not for a public share. That's for a private one-on-one with a rebbe, with myself, with whatever. But this is something that you have to like understand that it's so important that there comes a time that you're a child and you have to listen to your parents and you have to. But then at one point in your life, you have to say to your parents, "I love you, I respect you, but I I, I need to be my own man. I need to be my own man, and I'm not nimsabiyade. I'm not your I'm not your toy." Not your object. I'm I'm a, I'm a mature adult, and I need you. I want you in my life. You're definitely a strong and you know. But but please, Laman Hashem, just let me be. Let me give me give me breathing space, and um, and that will be the ticket for for you to be able to really have a a productive life, a healthy life, a normal life. And your parents will eventually you know see. Wow, like he's amazing, but. You have, there has to be some jettison. There has to be a, 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 a nice, you know, not, a, not an abrupt break, but like a, a, a smooth, seamless transition from being a child to at one point maturing to be, you know, really men. Men that are able to be responsible for themselves and, 
and, uh, and, and to be able to make their own decisions and to be able to engage in relationships and, and community and, and things that are not childlike, you know, not in the realm of children, but in the realm of mature adults. And that is a very, very important you say that Rav Schwab has taught us this evening.